you got a Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28 is where we're going to be as we're ending our series uh, this morning. Um, our series entitled How to Be Great, looking at the uh, greats uh, in the scripture. Uh, we looked at the greatest of all time, Jesus, the first week, and then we looked at the three greats. Uh, Matthew 22, uh, the great commandment, uh, loving God and loving people. Last week we looked at the great compassion in Matthew chapter 25 and the call for us as his people, right? Evidence of the fact that we know him uh, is to live a life of compassion, serving, uh, being hospitable to others, right? That comes when we uh, know the Lord. Even though it may be unnatural, right, in him, uh, we're called to walk that out. And this morning, uh, we're going to look at what is called the Great uh, Commission. Uh, the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 uh, through 20. Before we read that, though, I want to share a story that I heard uh, earlier this week, right? Uh, it was about a uh, Muslim man uh, in Egypt who was radically converted uh, to faith, to Christianity, uh, radically saved. And his friends and family heard about it, and they were outraged at what was going on. Uh, and so one day they decided as a group to go up to him and in their anger share, hey, wh why did you, right, to, uh, turn uh, to Jesus? What made you, right, what compelled you uh, to choose uh, Christianity over Islam? And why'd you do that? And the man who was recently saved, he said, well, imagine this. You're walking down a road and you come to a fork in the road and there are two people that are there. One that is dead and one who is alive. And then he asked the question, who would you ask for directions? The one that's dead or the one that's alive? Y'all know where I'm going, but I'm going to go ahead and go there anyway. Hey, we don't serve a dead God. Jesus is alive and well, right? And if you're in him, you are his. Hey, praise God. Hey, we are his and his forever, the scripture says. But what that means, us being his, is that, man, his orders, his marching orders, if you will, that he gives us, we're called to follow. We're called to obey. Hey, it's, it's not just enough for him to be his and then us say, all right, hey, peace out, Jesus. Hey, I'll, hey, I'll come to you, man, near the end of my life. Make sure I get things right and then I'll see you in heaven one day. No, no, that's not the deal. Man, when we came to him, right, and he saved us, he changed us, the call for us now, man, is to follow his marching orders. And that's exactly what we see here in Matthew chapter uh, 28, R really the marching orders for uh, the church. Uh, Jesus uh, has risen from the grave, right? He has uh, uh, shown himself uh, to uh, his disciples and others. And then we see before he ascends into heaven this call that he gives uh, to uh, his disciples and to us in here who know him. Look what it says. It says this, Now when the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Some doubted. It's interesting how Matthew puts that in there. That's how you know that, man, hey, this is a real account. One of the many reasons why I know it's a real account. If someone was just trying to tell a fabricated story, they wouldn't add that part. 
Man, Jesus rose. Hey, victory's there, man. All is good. But we see that, man, there were some there that doubted. And again, can I go ahead and throw this in free charge? There may be some in you in some of you in here that may find yourself in the same place doubting. Hey, can I encourage you? Hey, just draw close to him. Just draw close to him. May not have all the answers, but hey, I guarantee you one thing, man. I know one thing to be true, man. Hey, he'll provide you with his presence. And seemingly enough, hey, those doubts seem to melt away. And when we draw close to him, said some doubt. Verse 18, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This section of scripture is called the Great Commission. The Great Commission. That's what I've entitled the message today. The Great Commission. Why don't we pray one more time together? Lord God, we love you. We thank you for your word, God. I I just pray right now, Lord, that, God, you would speak to each and every person in this room, Lord. God, show us. God, that your marching orders, Lord, are are not uh, uh, ones that we can decide to put off, not just suggestions, Lord. It's a calling. Lord, help us, Lord, to see the, the beauty, God, and the privilege that we have to be a part in your great work of making disciples. Lord, and I pray that today and moving forward, Lord, that we would reflect on those who've discipled us in our life and that would motivate us to be folks and make disciples as well, Lord. Have your way this morning, Lord. Speak to us. God, we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, Amen. The Great Commission. The Great Commission. If you've been in church any length of time, you've probably heard many messages on this passage. One of the most famous uh, passages uh, to preach from, to teach from. But can I go ahead and encourage you? All of us need to be reminded of this truth uh, to, to make disciples. I need to be reminded of this truth. Even though, man, I read this, man, studied it, had to translate it, you know, in, in uh, Greek, man, in class. Even though I did all those things, it's so easy to forget, right, these marching orders. And, and the same could be perhaps said in your life, man, that, that you have forgotten, right, the call of the Christian, which is to make disciples. In order to uh, make disciples, we've got to understand what a disciple is. That word there in the original language literally means learner, right, to uh, someone that uh, uh, you're investing in, pouring into, that's willing, hey, to learn. And God is growing in their life. We are all called, man, to have folks in our life that we are pouring into and investing in. We're all called to make disciples. This morning, I just want to highlight three truths that we see here uh, in the text about, man, what it looks like 
to make disciples. Three truths about the Great Commission this morning. The first truth is this. Making disciples is a command from the boss. Hello. Hey, making disciples is a command from the boss. As I just mentioned, hey, when we came to faith in Jesus, right, Jesus became our Savior. He saved us from our sins. We're going to heaven. Hallelujah. But he didn't just become our Savior. He became our Lord, too. He's our boss. And can I just keep 100? I know, man, hey, in this world that we live in, man, hey, we don't like folks telling us what to do. You may think, Pastor Irv, man, I, I, you know, serve the military. I get told, man, voluntold all the time on stuff. Or I work for an employer, man, that isn't very nice, you know, and tells me the stuff to do all the time. I like being my own boss. Well, can, I'm just going to lovingly tell you, hey, when we submitted to Christ, he became our boss. We're not our own boss anymore. Bible says, hey, we, hey, we've been bought with a price. He's all, you know, we're his now. He's the one that's in charge. And so the call for us, man, is to understand his command and to walk in it. No matter how long you and I have been saved, no matter how often we come to church, no matter how many good works we have logged in, hey, we will never graduate as believers from this command from the boss to make disciples. Man, it's a command from him, that command to make disciples. And notice, by the way, I said the command is making disciples. The command didn't actually uh, go, if you will. Here in uh, the text, right, uh, the uh, phrase, uh, go and make disciples, the uh, actual imperative in the original language, the command is actually making disciples. Uh, and go there, how it could be read is, hey, as you are living life, as you're going. The reason why that's important to understand is because some of us, we think that, hey, the only way we make disciples is by going out, going on a mission trip, going someplace far, far away. But but that's not the reality. Hey, you, you can make disciples at your own house. By the way, you're called to do that. If you have children in here, right? If you're a parent, hey, you, your first right calling is to make disciples of your kids, invest in them. Hey, you can go across the street and make disciples. And in your everyday life, work, right, places that you frequent, gym, all those places. Hey, the calling is still the same to make disciples. It's not just relegated to a, a one-week-a-year mission trip. Hey, it's a calling, man, that's for the everyday. It's for the everyday. We've got to understand that. Jesus here is saying, man, as you go in your everyday life, as you live your everyday life, man, the call for you is to make disciples, to make disciples. What that looks like, man, essentially is, hey, reproducing, man, yourself. Say someone came and invested in your life. And so the call for you then is to step, man, in and invest in somebody else's life. Man, that's the call. Make disciples. Think about those people in your life for just a second. Folks that, hey, invested in your life. Man, there's several of them in my life. I didn't grow up with, you know, parents that, uh, you know, went to church much. Right. There were other influences in my life, man, that that invested in me. And I'm thankful for that to this day. Man, you know, went to church, man, youth pastor took a like to me. So, man, he invited me a lot of times over just to do grunt work. You know, I'd I'd get tricked. I thought, man, we're going to get something to eat. Said, yeah, we are after, man, you helped me clean out this garage or you helped me put this stuff together. But it was during those times, church, hey, man, where he's man sharing truth, me checking in on me, sharpening me. And he was following the orders of the boss. And the call for us is to do the same thing. Hear me. Jesus, 
Man, he before he ascended into heaven, he didn't tell the disciples or tell us to focus on building a bigger church. He told us, man, to make disciples. He didn't tell us to uh, to focus on, uh, you know, the numbers within the church. He told us to make disciples and those will come in time. Right. He uh, didn't tell us right to what uh, before he left to build our own kingdoms. He told us to build his kingdom by investing in others and building them up by making disciples. And so the call for us is to follow man, the orders of the boss. Listen, we can't say Jesus is Lord and not do what he says. And so the call for us is to follow him. Luke 646 says it like that. Luke 6.46 says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Hey, we've got to understand this calling is from the boss, man. Follow him. Follow him. Second, real quick, we're moving right along. Man, I know I've gone a little over the last few weeks. I'm going to try and get get out right on time this morning. We see here in the scripture, right, that this is a command from the boss, man, Jesus Gave this command to us. But secondly, we see making disciples is a call to action. It's a call to action. It's a call to uh, uh, be intentional, if you will. Meaning this. Hey, making disciples doesn't just happen by osmosis. There's got to be a hey, there's got to be activity on your part in order for you to do that. Yes, prayer. I mean, no, number one, for sure. But hey, there's got to be activity and you stepping out. Yourself. We see Jesus here, right? Share, right? What are called uh, participles, which uh, English folks in here, you know that, right? Verbs acting as adjectives in this pericope here. He shares, right, two uh, participles about how man making disciples looks like. Shares here. He lays it right there out for us. Look what he says. He says this. Hey, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teaching them. To observe, right? To, these participles describe, right, these calls to action for us. And, and so that first participle, that first call to action, what we see and what it looks like in making disciples is this. Hey, we gotta choose to evangelize. We, we, hey, we gotta choose to evangelize. We, we gotta choose, man, to share the gospel. Go and tell others about him. It says baptizing them. Well, here's the question. Hey, who is someone that gets baptized? Somebody that places their faith and trust in Christ. Man, how does somebody place their faith and trust in Christ? Man, hey, by hearing about it from somebody else or the Lord revealing it to them. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? I'll go ahead and show you. Romans 10, verse 9. Look what it says. Paul says it like this. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be Saved. Hallelujah. That's how you're saved. Saved. Confessing your mouth and believing in him. But look what it says. Continuing on. For with the heart one believes and is justified. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all. Bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Then verse 14, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how are they to hear without somebody preaching or sharing? 
Verse 15. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Can I sum that up for you? Hey, all of us in here, man, we are called to share. To share, man, this good news, man. All authority has been given to, to Jesus. When he rose from the grave, man, hey, he assumed all authority. And with that authority, man, he has sent us out, his people, right, to go and share this glorious news that this same Jesus, man, that died for my sin has also died for yours. And you can receive him by place in faith and trust in him. That's where it starts. As we go about life, there will be moments Right where, hey, we encounter somebody and the the Spirit of God, man, says in that moment, hey, share with them. And that may be the only time you see them in your life. But then there are other moments, right, as you're living life, people that the Lord brings to you, right, through all the different areas uh, that you frequent, from family, right, to work life. Folks that God brings your way, man, that he is calling for you, man, to invest in, to share the good news, right? Hey, to... Take that first step in building a relationship with them. And in order that you can share with them. Man, we're called, man, to share this good news. Share this good news. I read a story about a famous preacher named William Sangster. A famous preacher in the 19th century. And William, man, he was a big time preacher, man. Big crowd, man. I mean, a lot of folks saved in his ministry, a lot of folks uh, discipled in his ministry. Uh, But as he got older, he ended up suffering from a debilitating uh, illness that caused uh, paralysis uh, in his whole body, essentially. And and the illness would, uh, you know, essentially, right, cause paralysis to the point where, I mean, he would end up passing away. Well, one Easter, his vocal cords ended up uh, getting paralyzed. So he wasn't able to preach that morning. But he was able to muster up, muster up enough strength to write a note to his daughter and give to her to read. And that note, I want to read it. It'll actually be on the screen here. The note that he wrote to his daughter, man, I really believe, man, it preached to us. It says this, how horrible it is on Easter Sunday to have no voice and shout, he is risen. But far worse is to have a voice and not want to shout, he is risen. Hear me, church. There's people all around us, man. People that we work with, man. Hey, people that we see at the gym, people that we connect with, people in our own family, our own kids. Right, man, that, that don't know Jesus. And the Lord has brought in our way, man, to share with him. Hey, so choose to be a herald. We talk about following this call, man, to make salvation. Hey, it starts with, man, choosing to be a herald and share with him. You may say, Pastor Irv, man, isn't it kind of awkward, man, just to get up on a little box, man, and share, you know, with a whole bunch of people? Yeah, it can be doing it that way. But, hey, the Lord will give you wisdom on what it looks like. Maybe it's, hey, over lunch, y'all are sitting and talking. And, hey, you bring up, hey, man, you know. You know, we've been friends for a little while, man. I just wanted to know, what, what church you go to, man? Are, you know, you're Christian. Open up a door. Be able to share it. They say, no, man, I don't believe in the Lord. Boom. Well, hey, can I tell you, man, about what the Lord has done for my soul? 
about this Jesus that died for you. Man, the Lord will give you wisdom on how to share. But hey, the, the point is, man, hey, open your mouth and share. That's the first step. An evangelist choose to share. Not only is uh, this call, right, to make disciples uh, one of uh, uh, sharing the gospel evangelism, but also it's one of exhortation. Jesus here in verse 20 says, hey, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Meaning this, hey, making disciples doesn't just end in somebody coming to faith in Jesus. Their Christian life didn't, doesn't just end with them coming to faith in Jesus. It's just getting started. And so part of our call is not only sharing the gospel with folks, seeing folks get saved, but it's also, here it is, stepping into their life, into their mess, into their stuff, man, and encouraging them in Jesus' name. Hey, to keep going. Sharing the truth and love with them whenever they, you know, go astray a little bit. Hey, stepping in, man, and, and, and uh, challenging them. Man, to, to get in the Word and grow in Him. This, this, that all-encompassing call of exhortation. Now, that word teaching, right, it does, it, it, in the original language, speaks to instruction. But a couple reasons why I used exhortation one, right? It's a, uh, that's a stronger word. That means, you know, urged in a sense of like, hey, man, eternity's at hand. Quit wasting your life, man. Hey, let's, let's get with it. But also, just practically speaking, I need another E to alliterate, you know, in my message here. And so... That's why I use the exhortation. But don't miss the point. Right. The call for us, man, is to step into the lives of people, man, and teach them, encourage them to keep going. Whether it's in the context of uh, peer relationships or what I like to, uh, you know, call, man, Paul and Silas. Right. These guys were peers in the ministry serving together, man. They sharpened one another, encouraged one another. Right. Whether it's in the context of that or whether it's in the context of a Paul and Timothy relationship right the context of you and, and your and your children right the call is still the same man to step in and to teach to teach to invest hey, listen to me church we here it is we, we can't just wait for somebody else man to step up man and, and to do the work that God's called us to do man with the people that God has entrusted us in our life we can't just wait for somebody else. We can't just sit idly by. You may say, Pastor Irv, man, I'm not as knowledgeable. I get it, but hey, the Spirit of God lives in you. He's called for you to step in and share, man. And so, hey, get in the Word, man. Get studied up and let Him use you. You may say, Pastor Irv, man, hey, it's just, it's awkward. It's all these things. Well, hey, I'm glad somebody didn't use that excuse of awkwardness in my life whenever they stepped in and shared with me. It encouraged me. We can't wait, man, for somebody else to do it, man. The call for us is to step in and share, man. It speaks to investment. The call for us here, man, to teach, man, to exhort is ultimately, man, to move our fellow, fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord to a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. This exhortation, it's not just about giving folks, folks more knowledge. I think that, that, that's a misconception too. Right, folks, uh, relegate discipleship to just a class or just another Bible study. Man, those things are great, but it's, it's not just that. At the end of the day, it's not about accruing more knowledge, man. It's about, man, aiding and encouraging folks, man, to love Jesus better, to love Him more, and to grow closer to 
him. So the call for us man, is to make disciples. Man. It's a call to action. Call to action. Man, are you walking out in that call? And then thirdly and lastly, and I'm done here. Right, what we see here, the third truth about making disciples is this. Making disciples is possible because Christ Jesus is forever with us. Hallelujah. Let me go ahead and tell you right now, I'm glad I I don't have to try and figure this out on my own. Because Lord knows I can't. Lord knows I'm that dude. Man, hey, I'm more than willing to go and talk to anybody, but Lord knows without his help, who knows what's going to come out of my mouth. Say something that may not be very tasteful, Brother Ross, in the moment. Lord knows, man, hey, I'm in need. We are in need of him. And he encourages his disciples with that last part of that verse. He says, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, check this out. I am with you always to the end of the age. Man, he is with us, and him being with us, man, is empowering. It's encouraging. Man, it's enabling. And not enable us to walk in him. We sing, hey, an old hymn, Pastor Greg in the church, remember? He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. Man, he walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives. Christ Jesus lives today. And you ask me how I know he lives, church. Hey, he lives in. He is alive and well, and he is with us. Bible says, man, that he dwells in us. His spirit dwells in us. And the purpose is to encourage and strengthen us. Man, encourage us. Hey, keep going. Hey, encourage, even though that person totally, man, said no to you when he shared the gospel with them. Hey, keep going. Hey, encourage us. Hey, even though that person's walking through a mess and doesn't want to listen to you, keep praying for him. Breakthrough's coming. He's there to encourage us. He's there to strengthen us, even though you're tired, personally. And you just, hey, you just want to, hey, throw in the towel and say, you know what, God? Hey, let me just take a little break until the kids become teenagers. Then, you know, maybe I'll get back to serving. Even though you want to, hey, throw in the towel. Listen, he strengthens you, man, to keep living and looking to make disciples for him, looking to invest in the lives of other people. Man, he is with us forever. Galatians 2.20. Says it like this. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Christ lives in me. Let me give you, a whole, let me give you another one. Colossians 1, 27 through 29 says it like this. To them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Hey, Jesus is with us. Man, hey, and for that reason, man, we can walk out this call to make disciples. We're not doing it in our own strength because we can't. Jesus is with us, and him being with us enables us, man, to make disciples. The Great Commission. Great Commission. The call, right, to make disciples. Call to make disciples. The 
command there, right, is meant making disciples. So as you're going about life, in my context, right, I help, uh, you know, lead Pastor Derek Smith. We, we coach a, a flag football team, little kids flag football team on the south side of town, third through fifth graders, right? And so the call for me is I'm not just a football coach there. I'm a disciple maker. Investing and pouring into those boys. It's more than just X's and O's. Man, it's about eternity with them. Same thing for you. Hey, you are a parent, but you're more than just a parent. You're a disciple maker. Investing in the lives of your kids that God has entrusted to you. They're his, by the way, that he's entrusted to you. Hey, you're, you're not just a co-worker with some person. You are a disciple maker. One who has, God has placed specifically there at this specific time. Man, to invest and then share the love of Jesus with. We are disciple makers. And so real quick, practically speaking, what are the takeaways for us? How does this become a reality in our life? I call it the three eyes and alliteration, the Baptist in me. The three eyes. Right, of what it looks like, man, to be one that makes making disciples more than just talk, but a reality in our life. Number one is this, man, living, man, a, a, a living a culture of uh, invitation, inviting folks, one that chooses to invite. We're called, man, to invite folks to Christ. So sharing the gospel, which, by the way, I believe for this to be true, this doesn't replace sharing the gospel, but perhaps it's a first step in it. Right, is inviting folks to come to church. It doesn't uh, hear me. It doesn't replace sharing the gospel, but perhaps it, hey, it could be a first step. Man, invite folks to church. I'm a product of being invited to church by some friends. Invite folks to church, man. Live a culture of invitation. Secondly, man, hey, choose to invest. Hey, this is work, but man, it's God's work. Building God's kingdom is God's work, man, and it's a blessing. Man, choose to invest. Hey, take that extra time, man, with your children, sharing the truth of God's word with them, leaning in. Hey, take that extra time as the conversation turns with that coworker, man, and sharing the gospel with them, man. Take that extra time. Choose to invest. It's not going to happen by osmosis. We've got to invest. And then thirdly and lastly, which speaks to that thought is, hey, choose to be intentional. I think a lot of us are waiting, right, for God to open up the heavens and to move all the pieces just right for us to finally take our chance, man, and hey, step in. But that's not the call, man. The call for us as believers, man, hey, is to be proactive, to be intentional, man, to take that first step. Whatever that looks like in our life. The Great Commission. Hey, none of us have graduated from this call. Man, the call is still the same. Doesn't matter how long you've been saved. Doesn't matter how long you've been in church. Man, the call is still the same. Hey, may we choose to do it together. And hey, in doing so, I heard this you know, uh, catchy saying, Brother Andrew, right? Uh, hey, when we choose to do that and choose to be proactive in that, man, the Lord's going to save people. And man, hey, one day, heaven's going to be crowded. Folks, they're going to be worshiping the Lord, man, because of your 
faithfulness. Obviously, he, hey, he's the one that does the saving. But because of your faithfulness in choosing to step out and share, choosing to step out and invest, the great commission. Won't we?